Welcome, everybody. You are listening to Doc and Rock Radio. This is the very first episode. I'm your host, Frank Inglis, and I did it. Here I am. Another podcast. I've done one previously I, uh, with a couple of friends. I ran a website, a reasonably popular website, uh, for a few years, and we had a podcast there where we spoke about anime, manga, Japanese pop culture, but uh, I don't since work there. I no longer am part of that place, and um, I kind of have been aching to do something on my own, so here I am, Uh, a former colleague and still longtime uh, friend of mine, Luke Halliday, uh, recently started his own podcast called uh, Halliday Say. Look that one up, because it'll be worth uh, sitting in on. And I thought to myself, maybe I should do the same. And, uh, you know, while he speaks about kind of everything that he enjoys, I, I'm being more specific. I'm talking about thing. well, it's somewhat of a lineage, uh, a particular thing that I enjoy, which is uh, virtual pets and monster taming RPGs and whatnot. So overall, I'll be talking through this entire podcast, uh, you know, about things like Pokemon, Digimon, monster monster rancher i was gonna say monster hunter but then again there, there is monster hunter stories which i maybe should talk about because that's also a weird monster raising rpg which was great uh yokai watch things like that so this is where i'm gonna basically stream of consciousness just talk about this this thing that i really enjoy and you know doing this podcast came off the cuff of playing uh, the new backer demo for Monster Crown. Now, if you haven't heard of Monster Crown, it's a game on Kickstarter that, go and look it up, please. Uh, I've backed it because I think it's a great idea, but it's a game on Kickstarter that, I mean, has reached, I think at this point in time, 400% of what it originally asked for. It originally asked for, no, more than that, sorry. It originally uh, was a game that needed $5,000 to fund. Uh, it currently has, I think, $40,000, or it could be $50,000, depending on when I actually put this podcast up. E- either way, it is <laughs> hella loved, and it's great, and I think the developers are doing a really good job, because, so, just to kind of round it out, Monster Crown is a monster taming RPG that does take most of its uh, inspiration from that of Pokemon, but early Pokemon, you know, red, blue, yellow, uh, green, sort of Japan. And as far as the overworld looks, it is similar-ish to Pokemon. Not so similar that you go, well, this is kind of just a rip of a Pokemon uh, ROM, but similar enough that you can clearly see where they were going with it. The battle system is very similar to many other JRPGs, not so much monster taming RPGs, which is basically what they are anyway. But it has this really, really cool, and I'll call it a gimmick, even though it's much more than just a gimmick. I think gimmick is a very, uh, it's, it's a low tier word, but I'll use the word gimmick for the moment anyway. Um, it's, this, it's this interesting gimmick where basically you can take oh, most, if not all, monsters that you can capture in the game, and you can fuse them together. It's breeding, not necessarily fusing. In the backer demo, there is an essence of fusing. You lose uh, the parent monsters, 
but uh, in the full game, I'm fairly certain there will be different versions of that where, yes, you may be able to fuse and then lose kind of the, the, the parent monsters, or you may be able to make them breed. And when you do make them breed, um, there's this true, they call it a true crossbreeding. Um, let me just look it up while I talk, just to give you actual specifics. And so basically, excuse me. So basically, you can fuse monsters together. You can breed them. But they it's really interesting. The, the outcome of a fusion or a breed takes on the physical traits of the two... Uh, parent creatures. Now, in Pokemon, you know, you can breed a... Uh, everyone knows the Whale Lord Skitty, whatnot. And I believe it takes on the appearance of the female. I, I could be wrong. Uh, Pokemon specifics is not my... That's that's not my forte. It's, it's everything else, kind of. Uh, but, you know, if, if you have a female Skitty, male Whale Lord, um, it will usually come out with a Skitty that will have... Uh, an ability, or it may have an ability that is different, that is that is only that can only be uh, attained through that breed, uh, or moves, techniques that that will be done that way. In Monster Crown, it physically changes them. It not only changes the color, but it can change the shape of the monster's body. I mean, sometimes it changes the monster as a whole. Um, while playing the the demo, you know, I had. It was a red creature. I don't remember the names. Unfortunately, I only played a little bit of it. Well, I played to the end of the demo, which was actually quite short. Uh, so it's not that I played 10 minutes and thought, eh, that's enough. I played to the very end of the demo. Um, and I had this creature that uh, I chose. It was it was a starter in this game, and it was like a raccoon dog type thing. Um, like a tanuki. Hey, look at that. It was like a tanuki. Uh, and I fused it with this red kind of reptilian type creature. Um, I think it was called Secret or Secret, whatever. It was spelt odd. And it became this kind of hulking red wolf with spikes. And I thought that was incredible. This other creature had spikes as well. Um, and every week when you become a backer, you know, for those of you who have not backed a Kickstarter campaign, when you become a backer, um, you get updates. You know, every week they'll give you an update. They'll they'll remind you that the game is still coming. They'll remind you that they're still working on the game. And Studio Aurum, who uh, are developing Monster Crown, are really good with things like that. So every week they'll send you two different emails and they'll say, okay, so we've added this, we've added that. It's just an incredible game. And, and there's a lot to love about this game. And I mean, it, it's only going to get better. It's not set for a release until I believe 2019, so not even this year, and we're only in May uh, at the time of recording. So, you know, we still have a while to go, and, and it already looks pretty good. The battle system itself looks incredibly unique, and so do the monster designs. Uh, the overworld, of course, needs some work. As I said, right now it's very much like old school Pokemon. But I have, a, I have a feeling they're going to kind of revamp that close to the end. I think right now they're focusing on battle systems and mechanics in, in general. Because they've added a lot, you know. Um, if you've played like, you know, I could say things like the... Uh, I could use Pokemon X and Y and further and make the example of the Mega Evolutions. But I won't do that because it's too cheap. What I will say is if you've ever played with the 
Digimon XL, which is a very old uh, V pet. Well, not very old, maybe 2007, 2009. But it was a great departure from the Digimon V pets in that it had it had a trigger and you almost had to rev it like an engine. Now, when you raise the Mega Digimon uh, and you, before battle, you would, you would click the trigger and you would try to rev up the power as much as possible. And there was two bars you had to kind of move together and if you got it in a certain sequence, it, it was better. Anyway, if you hit the, the proper numbers for that particular Digimon, it would uh, burst Digivolve. Um, and so, you know, for example, I would have raised... Uh, chances are I would have raised the Bancho Leomon because it is one of my favorites. I would become Bancho Leomon Burst Mode. But even like a Loader Leomon, which is an ultimate, would become... It would be a Burst Mode of a Loader Leomon, same as War Greymon. So for that battle, it, it, would, it would quickly Digivolve and attack, then it would Digivolve back. Now, Monster Crown has a, has a similar mechanic, which they just announced, uh, that is uh, you can load up with, with power, right? So if you, throughout a battle, you swap in between monsters and whatnot, and you build up this gauge. Uh, now, you can use that gauge to unleash special attacks, but they've just revealed that. A new mechanic they've implemented is that if you build the gauge up to 100%, you can then choose to, I believe it's called a crown evolution, uh, I'm very sorry. I, my mem my direct memory is not very good, um, but it's an evolution that it's it's almost like a burst mode evolution, right? So for the the duration of that battle, you just have this incredibly powerful monster, and it glows white, and it just looks really really cool. Um, that is just one of many mechanics that's making Monster Crown look really really good i'm incredibly excited for it please do go and look it up if you backing stuff like this is not just helping out the developers it definitely is but it's also helping this genre of video game because i think what has happened was pokemon came out you know mid 90s um and until recently, it kind of had the monopoly on, on this genre, the monster-taming genre. And I'll say this, rightfully so. You know, I, I was a big fan of my favorite, mon um, excuse me, my favorite Pokemon game is Crystal. Um, and that, I mean, that just encompassed everything that the series had done up until that point. So it's kind of hard not to love Pokemon Crystal. After that, I started to lose a little bit of interest in the games. I just felt like they were adding so, 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 so much but they were almost forgetting about what they had mastered with the games. And I know that's a really easy way to attack Pokemon because many people say it. Um, but I don't think that just because it's easy, it means it's invalid. If you look at Sun and Moon, and then you look at Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which were, I mean, across the board, people agree that they are superfluous additions to the series. Why not work on a new game rather than simply updating one that people actually weren't too interested in anyway i mean while you have your diehard fans that love sun and moon because they've loved pokemon for so long you also have your more realistic fans that attack it well i won't say attack it i'll say let's call it constructive criticism uh have said you know just in general game freak should have developed this game 
without so much hand-holding. Uh, we've played Pokemon for, for a, a very, very long time, and then we don't need to be reminded, and not only did we need to be reminded in Sun and Moon, they basically took us through the entire game. You couldn't take, you know, ten steps without some sort of dialogue opening up. Um, and I always, and I think a lot of the people of my age, I, mean, I was born in 94, so I'm only in my mid-twenties, but I think a lot of people of my age, what they enjoyed about Pokemon was the fact that it was just us. It was our story. You didn't have to keep the starters if you didn't want to. You could have caught any Pokemon. And you could have done it in any way you possibly could. There were limitations, of course. You couldn't go certain places, and that's fine. Uh, but overall, it was about... It was about our journey. Whereas Sun and Moon, it was definitely about the journey of that particular character. And while you could name that character whatever you wanted, you weren't necessarily playing your story. You were playing this the story. And I think that really pissed people off. I think it did. It definitely did me. I mean, I still played it. I didn't buy Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Um, I, I love Pokemon. And I love the genre. So I will still support it. And uh, I was saying to a friend of mine the other day, so uh, Game Freak, Game Freak at Nintendo, they copyrighted the name Ultra Shiny in Japan. Now this is coming off of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, so Ultra Shiny, immediately everyone jumped onto like, oh, is it another Pokemon game? And if it is another Pokemon game, even though the Shiny doesn't relate to the Sun and the Moon, that, there's that Ultra there and it's making people think that it might be another Pokemon game for the Switch. Not only that, it'll be a Pokemon game that's almost a revamp of Sun and Moon for the Switch. Now, if that's the case, I would lose a lot of faith in Game Freak. Um, because at this point in time, I mean, look, let's be entirely honest. Money grabs a, a thing of the present that they will always exist. They have always existed and they will always exist. But I think when you, when you start off, when Game Freak was young and, and Red and Blue and Green came out, that was your passion project. And the reason why that picked up so much was because there was so much heart in it. Um, but then Pokemon has become so popular that the heart has kind of left it a little bit, I, I think. I think there's not as much heart in Pokemon as, it, as there once was. And I think that in this day and age, there is room for more. Pokemon got really big, which I'm very sorry was my original point. Pokemon got so big that everything that came out after it fell to the wayside simply because Pokemon was so big. I mean, my favorite franchise in the entire world is Digimon. Not necessarily the anime, by the way. The line of V-Pets, the line of games. I love them. They are my bread and butter. And I think it did well, and it's still doing well, but it could have done even better had Pokemon not existed. But in saying that, it's not Pokemon's fault. It's, you know, I'm getting a little bit too deep into things, but it's it's the fan base's fault. You know, everything gets compared to Pokemon. As soon as a game comes out with a creature where you can collect a creature and Mon happens to be at the end of it, holy moly, Pokemon clone, Pokemon ripoff. And it has made people scared. It has made people scared to even attempt a game like that because where can you go? the game comes out there's a game coming out called Coromon you can look it up on Steam uh, not Coromon the Digimon C-O-R-O-M-O-N Coromon it looks fantastic 
it's uh, sprite art and it looks brilliant. You know, but its name is Coromon. So how many people are going to look at it and go, oh, this is another one of those iOS games that try to capitalize on the fact that it's harder to get an emulator on an iPhone so that we can play Pokemon Red and Blue. I don't like that because there is room. There's room for a lot. And I think Digimon is kind of, modern Digimon is doing so much for that. I think number one, they're doing so much for us. You know, the 20 something year olds that grew up with Digimon, especially with the 20th anniversary V-Pets and the 20th anniversary Pendulums that are coming out in a month. Um, and then Digimon Adventure Try, the anime, you know, even though it's not that great, it's not well written, but it's similar to Dragon Ball Super in the way that it throws things at you and you go, ah, I remember that and that's made me happy and then the terrible dialogue and whatnot you kind of throw away. You, you, you just ignore it because you're like, well, it's making me remember that time. And I think for every fan that Pokemon loses with, you know, it's Ultra Suns and Ultra Moons and Rainbow Rockets and all these crazy things, Digimon picks up another fan because it was always there. Digimon was always there. Even when Pokemon was around, and I think people that liked Pokemon kind of liked Digimon. I think that there was always a... It's like Marvel and DC, right? There was always that debate of, like, Marvel or DC. But, you know, there are a lot of people that are just, like, Marvel over DC. And that not, doesn't necessarily mean they hate DC. It just means they prefer Marvel. So I think that a lot of people enjoyed Digimon, um, but Pokemon was way more accessible. I mean, you look at the original games. Digimon was just a v-pet digimon world one for the playstation one was essentially a big v-pet but it had this really cool world and this kind of cool story that was there wasn't much dialogue and the story it was there but really it was your adventure you had the digimon that you want they were very similar in ways in essence but not in actual mechanics pokemon took off digimon it, it, it did but but not as much and then i think pokemon you know, Digimon tried so hard for so many years, and it, in its own right, succeeded greatly. Uh, but Pokemon succeeded in a more mainstream manner. And I think that's really all that it takes to, to, to overcome your opponent, your opposition, is to hit that mainstream audience, you know? Uh, people, uh, there was that old, you know, the old uh, hipster adage of like, oh, you know, I liked it before it was cool and whatnot. But I mean, this is this is true. Once it hits the mainstream, it becomes so big that you're no longer in control of it. The audience is in control of it. And then above that, the audience isn't in control of it. It's the people above the developers that are in control of it. The marketing team, even. Let's look at something like Surely if you're listening to this, you also probably enjoy anime and manga. So I'm going to make a Shonen Jump metaphor. But let's say this, right? Look at Naruto. I love Naruto. A lot of people love Naruto Shippuden. I'm not a fan of Naruto Shippuden. Um, I personally think that... Actually, you know what? No, better than that. Let's look at Bleach. So Bleach was its own thing for a very long time. And there was a clear ending to Bleach. Now... The heads of Shonen Jump were like, well, we're making a lot of money. So let's continue with Bleach. Let's keep going. The audience loved Bleach. You can't kill off Byakuya. You can't kill off this person. You can't kill off that person. Audience loved it too much. You become a slave to the audience, right? Which sometimes works, but often does not work. I think that when you become a slave to the audience, you start doing things so as to appease them 
which is fine until you are doing it against your own wishes, if you know what I'm trying to say. So anyway, Tite Kubo started writing in ways editors were like, no, you can't kill that person off. It'll upset the audience. You become a slave to the audience. And then it became so, so big that it was almost like <laughs> editors and the heads of Shonen Jump kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it to the point where even the audience no longer liked it. So who were they writing towards? Were they writing towards the audience? No, they were writing towards globe, the, glo the globe. I'm not very, I'm very sorry. I'm, my, my points are never very succinct, but they're writing towards the globe. Lasting appeal of Bleach was out the window. Bleach was there because Bleach was there. As long as we had Bleach, we had Bleach and that's all we needed. But eventually the audience were isolated. They stopped liking Bleach. And then Bleach was canceled. Some would say prematurely, but I would say that it should have been finished about five years ago. But anyway, that's besides the point. What I'm trying to say is that Pokemon has reached that point. Red and Blue came out, and it was this passion project, and it, and it just ripped. It, it just ripped a hole in the universe and became perhaps one of the most popular things of all time. My, my mother is a 55-year-old woman, and she knows what a Pikachu is. <laughs> I talk to people that haven't played a game in their life, and they would know what Pokemon is. Uh, and then it hit the point where, yeah, we want to keep our fans happy. Start making more games. Every year they made a game. Every year they made a game. Two games. Two games, and sometimes a third game. Every year. Every year, every year, every year, every year. They started adding more, adding more, adding more, adding more. Slowly but surely, the first few games were great because they didn't add too much. They added little things here and there. Gold and Silver added the, a phone. It was the time, right? It was like 1999, I think, or 1997, and mobile phones were starting to come in slowly, right? They added a phone. They added the battle recorder, all these things. But then, I mean, let's fast forward all the way to the Alola region, Sun and Moon. They're making Pokemon for the sake of making Pokemon. And a lot of people would say, well, you know, Sun and Moon, it was very basic because they're trying to appeal to younger audiences. But hey, I was five years old. Five years old? I would have been five years old when I first touched a Pokemon game. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I figured it out. I figured it out. So what's the excuse of the younger generation, you know? Not that I'm blasting them. We're just talking here. So I think that Monster Crown, to get back to my original point, is doing wonders for, for the subgenre. You know, monster taming RPGs. We have plenty of RPGs. As far as monster taming ones go, we don't really. And you see Digimon, like, like I was saying, has, has continued to do different things. Whereas Pokemon has had a, it's not broke, why fix it? mentality only adding things to it making the proverbial cake more and more precarious until eventually it topples over and they kind of have to start again digimon has basically gone let's do this and then ditch that and run to the next thing <laughs> you know let's do this digimon game was that good was that bad Eh, we could make improvements and then in 2015 i believe it was 2015 cyber sleuth came out digimon story cyber sleuth uh yes it was 
in Japan it was 2015, uh, in the West it was 2016. Cyber Sleuth came out and kind of blew audiences away. I mean, Cyber Sleuth was the, one of the first Digimon games to be released in the West in a very long time. We had Digimon All-Stars, All-Star Battle, whatever that was. No, that was the JoJo game. Uh, All-Star Rumble, terrible game. It was a terrible game. I played it, it was terrible, it wasn't fun. I assume it was meant to be a throwback to Rumble Arena, but it didn't even do as well as Rumble Arena. This was the first Japanese developed Digimon game to come out in so long. And it, it destroyed. Bandai Namco had no choice but to then go and release Digimon World Next Order. They didn't even release Digimon World Redigitized, you know? Which was almost like the middle in a trilogy of three Digimon World games. Digimon World 1. Digimon World 2 didn't really connect, and neither did Digimon World 3 or even 4. But Redigitized did. And then so did Next Order. Uh, in, in very, very thin ways, but it still did, right? And then, I mean, look at this year. Hacker's Memory. Hacker's Memory came out. Now, Hacker's Memory was meant to be like a 1.5 game. It was the just meant to be... So originally, Hacker's Memory was developed as DLC. A series of DLC stories. Uh, a few Digimon here and there, new character. But there was so much. They developed so much that they actually released it as a full game. And I mean, I only paid $50 for it on the PS Vita uh, PlayStation Store. So not even a full game price. And it was awesome. I, I buried 100 hours into that game. More. Raising Digimon, leveling them up and down, getting their AVIs up. You know, trying to collect as many Digimon as possible. Trying to get to fill up my entire field guide. Great game. One of my favorite games of all time. And I mean, that in, that in Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, that is more like well okay so this is a, this is a whole other thing i've not decided how long i want this podcast to go for but i think i'm just going to keep talking until i literally have nothing else to say um but so okay um believe it or not pokemon was not the very first monster taming rpg not even close uh, one that came before it is shin megami tensei or megami tensei Megami Tensei was a little bit more of an RPG than Shin Megami Tensei came out, and it was just basically you had a team of demons that you could fuse and change out, and they fought for you. Um, and funnily enough, uh, during an interview with Kenji Watanabe, who did the art, and still does the art for Digimon, not all of it, but a great deal of it, he was saying that when they started creating Digimon, I mean, that was an offshoot of Tamagotchi, which came before everything else anyway, so yeah. Um, when they were designing the creatures for Digimon, they weren't really looking lateral over at Pokemon, you know? They were looking back at Shin Megami Tensei. And the latest game, Hacker's Memory, excuse me, Cyber Sleuth as a whole, and a lot of the Digimon story games, the RPGs, you know, there was a couple on the DS, those games play way more like Shin Megami Tensei. You know, you have your couple, you have about, well, in Shin Megami Tensei, I think you can have up to four, including your character who can fight as four characters on the field who can battle. It's all turn-based. In Digimon, you have three. But then you can have up to 10 in your party, which you can just swap out at any time. 
they went back towards those games. And in fact, in that interview with Kenji Watanabe, um, they were aware of Pokemon, and they said they almost didn't want to call it Digimon so that they wouldn't be compared to Pokemon because they were just released too close. They were released way too close to one another. You know, it was like a, a Battleborn and Overwatch, you know? They're very close, and one just did way better than the other. But anyway, I think that my opinion is that for every po for every fan Pokemon loses, Digimon gets another fan. And I'm fine with that because I love Digimon. But I also still love Pokemon, and I hope that what they do with the Switch uh, is a bit of a throwback. I hope they go more simplistic. I mean, yeah, beef up the graphics. Everyone loves graphics. Good graphics, wow. I mean, it catches eyes, but let's go back to the basics. I don't think kids of this generation need to be babies. If that's what you're, if that's what you're trying to appeal to, I'm not quite sure kids of this generation need to be babied. We were not, and we didn't really grow up with that type of stuff. I mean, to begin with, I didn't get a Game Boy until yeah, I think I was five, and even then, I had maybe one game, and I was only allowed to play for half an hour a day. <laughs> but I, I've seen, I've seen toddlers with iPads. So, if they can work an iPad, I'm pretty sure they can figure out how to catch and fight monsters mind you my words will fall on deaf ears because nobody's going to listen to one guy especially one guy who is unknown <laughs> if i could swap bodies into a old japanese man in charge of nintendo then perhaps yes i would have something i would have some sort of leg to stand on right now i have zero legs to stand on not even the not even the two i have zero legs but it's good, it keeps, it keeps people talking, I think. And there's nothing wrong with that. Speculating and suggesting. It's, it's what keeps people, um, you know, like the developers of Monster Crown, working. It's what keeps Studio Aurum going, because I bet they've... How many comment sections do you think they've trolled to see what people want out of a monster taming game? I would, I would bet a lot of money on quite a few. They're listening to us. And what they're doing with that information is creating an incredible game. So I'm pretty excited for that. I'm excited for a few things. There's Monster Sanctuary, if you don't know about that. That's like a mix between uh, Castlevania and a monster taming game, like an RPG. You, you'll run around, you know, they call it Metroidvania. Um... And then you'll get into a battle and it's a three-on-three -three monster battle, which is pretty cool. Um, then there are other ones like... Oh, I'm, you know what? I've actually forgotten what it's called. I think it's called Re-Legend. Yeah, that's right. Re-Legend. Um, look that one up. That's an interesting... That's like a third-person, kind of a 3D-ish game where... Um, I believe you can ride your monsters, like mounts as well, which is very much like Monster Hunter stories. Looks really cool. It looks really cool. Uh, then there's one I mentioned earlier, Coromon, C-O-R-O-M-O-N. Now, I think Coro might come from, like, like Coro Coro, the magazine, Coro Coro. That word Coro Coro is, uh, is a Japanese word that is, it describes, like, the shape of something. It's a, something that is soft and circular, Coro Coro. So, um, I, I love those types of Japanese words, like, Garuru is just the sound that wolf makes hence garurumon uh, but yeah korokoro is meant to be like a soft orb <laughs> type, type of thing that i assume kids will like 
Uh, so it might be based on that. Koro, Koromon. Koro Magazine. Koro, Koro. Uh, that's good to look into as well. And then you have things like, yeah, your 20th anniversary Digimon Pendulum's coming out, which it... I could go on all day about that. All day. That's pretty close to my heart, that one. Somehow I remember, I remember having a pendulum as a kid. Somehow. They were never released in the West. But I remember having a blue and red Nightmare Soldiers. Nightmare Soldiers? Yeah. Um, that. <laughs> Where the battery pack was, the screws were all stripped. And I had it and it didn't work for so many months. And then my an older cousin came and kind of worked his magic and fixed it. And then I don't know where it went, but I, I then realized, you know, as I became an adult and I was looking them up, I, was, I came to the realization that, oh no, they were never released in Australia. Uh, they, they were released under disguise as the Pendulum Cycle, which were a different, they were a different body. They looked different, but they acted the same as Pendulums. But no, this was your Pendulum, this was your standard uh, Pendulum body, the one that was released in Japan. Not quite sure how I got it, but I did have a uh, bad habit of trading things when I was a kid. Um, my birthday would come along and I'd get a toy and I'd immediately go to school and trade it for something I thought was better. So I'm sure that <laughs> I uh, I traded some uh, kid whose maybe father worked overseas and would have to fly back and forth and bought him that. Who knows? Who knows? I had one, though. <laughs> I had one. So, yeah, nothing more to say about that. I'm just very excited about the future. The future of this. I think that, yeah, like I said, there is a lot of room. That Maybe there's not a lot of demand. I mean, is there really any demand for anything creative nowadays? Not particularly. And if there is, we don't really know about it until we see it, right? You didn't know you wanted to see it. <laughs> You didn't know you wanted to see uh, a series of superhero movies until they gave you good ones. You know? So I think there is... There is a lot of room. And while there isn't a lot of demand, I think uh, that room should be filled by people who really do love this type of stuff. And this is why I've started this podcast, Doc and Rock Radio. This is why I started it, because while... You know, I'm not doing it for... I mean, I have a full-time job. And I, I make money in other ways. So it's got nothing to do with being internet famous or anything of that kind. I mean, sure, if I was to start making money from this, fantastic. I'd love it. It means I could put a lot more of my time into something I enjoy. But really, it's just for the sake of... There is a, there is a forum. You know, we can, we can talk and we should be conversing about this and... We should be supporting those who are going out on a limb and taking chances and creating games like this. Well done to Monster Crown for breaking through all of its goals, you know, all of its backer goals and whatnot. Good on them. Kudos to them. Truly. I think what they're doing is great and I think we should support them. And I think we should support Monster Sanctuary and Re-Legend. I believe it's called it. Is it Re-Legend? I think it's Re-Legend. I keep forgetting what it's called. And Coromon. And Digimon. And Pokemon. We should still support Game Freak. We should support all of them. 
Hell, I mean, Monster Ranch is down. We haven't seen Monster Ranch in a very long time. Dragon Quest Monsters is still kicking around somewhere. Somewhere, I'm sure they're developing another game soon. But yeah, we, sh we should be supporting this thing. And that's what I want to do with this podcast too. Give everyone a chance to talk about this type of stuff. I notice, you know, I think what helped me as well to conceive me just doing a podcast, stream of consciousness style podcast, um, is that I was listening, I was trying to find a Digimon podcast and I couldn't find a Digimon podcast that wasn't talking about the anime. Now I have thoughts on the anime and I, while I like the anime, I think it's not done very well for the truth of the franchise, which is the V-Pets and whatnot. But anyway, anyway, that's another story for another episode. And I just realized there was a real, there was a severe lack of uh, V-Pet talk and monster taming video game talk. And I thought, why, why not? Why not just talk about the things that I love? And I think they all come into, they're all the same. You know, virtual pets and games, monster taming RPGs and whatnot. I honestly think they're all kind of the same. It's about, it's about taking care of creatures, making them as good as they possibly can. And then, you know, putting them up against other creatures and, and seeing who's the best. And while Tamagotchis ever did that, I mean, Tamagotchis were a more feminine version. I mean, sorry. I'll swap that around because Tamagotchis came first and without Tamagotchi we wouldn't have Digimon. So Digimon is a more masculine version of Digimon, of Tamagotchi, excuse me. That's not to say I don't own my fair share of Tamagotchis. <laughs> I still love them. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think this is, this is going to be pretty fun. And I think I've hit the point where, uh, which I said earlier, which is why I've run out of things to say actually for this particular episode. So this is where I'm going to end it. Thank you for tuning into Doc and Rock Radio. This has been episode one. I have been Frank Inglis, and I hope that you return for the next episode, whenever that happens to be. <laughs> could be a week from when I upload this, could be never again. <laughs> I have a bad habit of doing one thing and then uh, going against it. But we'll see. We will see. Either way, thank you for listening to this episode, and I do truly hope to see you on the next episode. Bye-bye for now.